Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of If Not Us. We are the podcast that speaks with everyday individuals that are changing the world. And uh, I'm your host, Eric Fakus. I am here today. I'm joined to have the pleasure of speaking with Samir Lakani, who is the executive director and founder of Eco Soap Bank. Eric, hello. How are you doing today, Samir? So good to, to, to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you again. Although I am jealous you're in Hawaii. Uh, it's cold here in Pittsburgh. I am. I am. I won't tell you much more about uh, what's going on over here. I don't <laughs> want to make you feel jealous. But I'm excited to talk to you. So for, for today's episode, really leading up to, to Earth Day, um, we wanted to focus on the environment. And in particular, um, I was so grateful to learn about the work that you're doing related to, to the environment, but really so much more. And the, the, um, the, uh, the, the tack that you guys have taken, the innovation um, and ingenuity towards solving problems that we're facing just really blew me away. So um, maybe just to start, if you could share, first of all, um, just tell us a little bit about Eco Soap Bank, um, what you do, but also the founding story and, and how you came about to, to found the, the organization that you did. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for internalizing um, our core components. Um, and in short, Eco Soap Bank is a nonprofit organization uh, but I think we do something really stellar. Um, we employ women uh, across Asia and Africa to recycle leftover soap thrown away by hotels and factories. Uh, you'll be surprised to know, Eric, that about 25,000 metric tons of brand new soap is thrown away every single year by factories or manufacturers alone. Wow. That's about 250 million bars of soap that could be redistributed to children all across the world to help reduce, reduce disease and save lives. Wow. If COVID has shown us anything, it's simple hygiene and simple practices can truly save lives. So we employ 160 women today across Asia and Africa to recycle this basically wasted product into brand new bars of soap, which is then redistributed mostly to children in many different settings, in schools, in, uh, in youth centers and orphanages, and most importantly, in refugee settlements across 22 countries. Wow. And I'm very proud to say that as of January this year, we reached over 4 million people with both soap and more importantly, hygiene education. Wow. Teach, a, teach a fisherman to wash his hands and he'll wash for life, right? Wow, that's incredible. Um, I absolutely love what you guys are doing. Um, you've been doing it for a while now. Uh, I remember we spoke last, you mentioned it had been, what, seven years since you started it? I, I, uh, I feel like a veteran, but not, uh, not to your degree. So thank you for your longstanding work um, in, in this sector, for this sector. Yes, so we've been, we've been around for seven years, but um, we're not done yet. We have so much more to go. Um, it started seven years ago, actually, in a hotel bathroom, if I can share. Um, yes, I, 
I was in college at the time and um, had to complete an internship. And of course, professors were telling me to do something locally, but I had the itch and urge to travel much like yourself. And so I found myself in rural, remote Cambodia, in, in remote villages that frankly looked the same way they did maybe one or 2,000 years ago. Maybe there was an electrical uh, wire, but uh, not much more than that. Um, certainly no running water, clean water. And I noticed something bizarre and haunting. I saw, generally speaking, lack of hygiene. But most acutely, I remember seeing one village mom bathing her newborn son, I believe, except she was using laundry detergent or powder, something we would never use here in, in the right. US. Um, and so with the help of a, a, a local Cambodian friend, I asked her, hey, do you, why, why aren't you using bar soap, for example, something that we might use abroad? And she told me that a single bar of soap it was considered a luxury item and it was the equivalent of two days wages for her. It was just out of reach. Uh -huh. And secondly, I pushed a little further and I asked if she felt that laundry detergent would be preventing diseases like the flu and diarrhea and perhaps something worse. And she told me that if her son fell sick from one of those illnesses, it was because of sins he may have committed in a previous life. In that moment, I received a real education, as you can imagine. And I went back to my hotel room at the time and uh, had an experience that most of us have probably had at one point or another. I was just in the right context and frame of mind. I walked into the bathroom and I saw a fresh bar of soap uh, replacing my previous bar of soap that I had barely even touched. And I knew in that moment that there was a mountain of soap being thrown away by this industry right under my feet. And we just had to connect the waste with the need out in that Cambodian village and beyond. Wow, that is a, a, a great story. I, um, I love that you um, learned something, that you saw something um, and, uh, and then you did something about it. And I think so many people learn something and don't take that next important step of of solving the problem that you see. So kudos yeah, we, to you for, for doing that. Thank you. Um, I, I don't feel uh, I'm exceptional. Again, I was in the right frame of mind. Anybody can do anything. And I think this is the essence of this podcast. Um, I was not a supply chain expert. I was not a recycling expert. I wasn't a humanitarian or development professional. I just saw something and I couldn't get it out of my head. It's as simple as that. That's awesome. Um, and all of that led to a lot of the stats that you shared uh, about the employment of uh, hundreds of, of women in Africa and in Asia and of the saving of uh, you know, thousands of, of tons of, of waste from, from landfills and the, the, the many people that you've impacted. So that is, yeah. that is what follow through looks like. It, it definitely blossomed um, at the start. And certainly in that hotel bathroom, I did not know what this would turn into or how, how nuanced it could get. And so the first thing upon the discovery of wasted soap um, is, okay, how are we going to recycle it? It was quite labor intensive. Um, so we figured out a way to safely and, and um, uh, sterilize and recycle the soap. Um, but what it actually gave birth to was employment opportunities. 
sustainable livelihoods for over 160 women. And we hope to expand that. We have 160 women across five developing countries uh, who uh, are exercising their craft. And for, for the first time in their lives, if I may, is doing something productive for their community and is changing the narrative away from just survival to one of being a community champion and really saving lives. So that was unexpected. And secondly, um, and we'll certainly talk about this in a moment, um, our supply also deviated away from just hotels. We discovered that factories were throwing away uh, so much, so many tons of virgin soap too. We didn't even need to sterilize it. It was basically a logistics problem, and uh, we could service that many more people. Yeah, that that's incredible. Um, so let's talk about that for for a minute. So um, you mentioned COVID at the outset at, as. Uh, a, a challenge for us globally to, you know, practice better um, hygiene to prevent the spread of disease. Um, but first of all, just from a business standpoint, you know, so many nonprofits have have struggled, um, you know, due to the pandemic. Um, and so I'd love to hear just a little bit more about how that impacted your organization. I have, um, there, there's so many statistics I can share, but one I think is coming immediately to mind is, um, I think it was in 2017 or 2018. So quite recently, um, the University of Michigan did a study on what percentage of Americans wash their hands correctly after using the bathroom. You wanna take a guess? <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's pretty low, something in the 20% range. You're, you're quite liberal and ambitious. It's five percent wow okay okay so that's that in the COVID. yeah that's pre-covid so my, my point is if anything has spotlighted the importance of hand hygiene it is this however we were in a difficult situation as a nonprofit, as you can imagine our supply at the time was mostly coming from hotels but global tourism uh, stopped literally overnight. Um, right. And so we, we needed to act fast. We needed to pivot, if you will. Um, and so what we started to do is we quite ver voraciously uh, started reaching out to factories all over the world. It felt like we talked to every single factory on this planet. And what we discovered would fundamentally change the entire trajectory of our organization we discovered there is as much, if not more, waste that is virgin and clean being generated on the factory floor than post-consumer from hotels. And so overnight, we had 160 women without any soap to recycle during a global pandemic. We found a supply and again, connected the waste with the need. Um, last year alone, uh, we were able to, I believe, transport 13 million bars of soap um, to people in need. And that's just, the urgency is still there. Um, we're not done yet, even though it may feel like we are in, in many uh, inappropriate respects. Yeah, that's incredible. Can, can you tell us more about why there's so much wasted soap in factories? Is it just sort of the process of how it's created that creates waste that doesn't have value to them? Or is it too expensive for them to 
you know, to, to use the pieces that are shaved off or uh, that's just incredible to me that so much is wasted in the, the process of creating something that has value to, to the companies that are creating it. This is one of my most favorite questions to, to answer. Uh, so thank you. Um, it can get very technical very quickly, but uh, yes, there's natural byproducts and waste to the soap industry, um, but also any industry. And this is, this is the point. Every, I think there's a lot of emphasis and focus on post-consumer. We need to um, kind of uh, shine a light on pre-consumer, if you will. What is actually happening during manufacturing uh, where there's less accountability, uh, there's less knowledge or transparency? The point is, uh, Eric, every single industry has massive quantities and percentages of waste. The textile industry, the food industry, you name it. And so I really do believe uh, we're not supposed to, we're not trying to shift attention away from post-consumer. It's looking at the entire supply chain, calling it out for what it is, and most importantly, creating turnkey solutions to answer each one of those problems. So for the factories, their, their problem is that they have to dispose of excess product and you're able to assist in that. So it's a win for, for them. Um, not to mention the impact you're able to create with that disposed product. And offset carbon. Um, and yes, it's just, it is, if you win, it's, it's, um, it's a win, 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 win for all stakeholders involved. And, and so think about, think about this, if you will. We're working with manufacturers in Canada and Europe and, uh, and the US, of course, and we get to share the story about how little chips and pieces and dust of soap, brand new virgin stuff, ends up in a usable format and goes to remote Sierra Leonean villages to prevent Ebola, to prevent COVID and to save lives. I, I mean, this is, uh, if I'm not one for rom-coms, but this is my notebook for sure. It's beautiful. That's incredible. I love it. Um, just to talk about COVID for, for a second, you, you mentioned a, a moment ago, we're, we're not done. Uh, we certainly have a long way to go as a, as a world. Um, not just in this country, but you know, throughout the world, vaccinations have started, um, but there's a lot more work to do. Um, can you just talk for a little bit about um, EcoSoap Bank and the role that you see your organization playing as we continue to, to battle COVID over the yeah. next couple of years, realistically? I, I apologize for putting you on the spot. It's one of my most favorite things to do. What percentage of all the schools on planet Earth have a bar of soap or have access to soap at the around school the around uh, the world? I'm going to go lower than my last answer since I overshot it by so much. Um, how about 10%? <laughs> about 40% of schools around the world do not have soap. Okay. okay. Uh, so 60% have soap. 40% do not have soap. That is 800 million children wow. that go to school without access to be hygienic um, or to clean themselves or more importantly, to learn good healthy habits. Um, the, point, the point is this, um, before COVID, uh, we were battling diarrhea. 
lower respiratory illnesses, pneumonia, which kill up to 3 million kids per year uh, around the world. Um, and so uh, our work uh, uh, preceded COVID and it needs to be carried through with momentum past COVID too. The silver lining is obviously um, uh, increased awareness globally. And we are certainly seeing that um, as a positive, but our mission, when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, uh, I really do think one mantra and it's, I want to put so soap. We should all want to put soap in those 40% of schools every single year for the rest of time and create the systems which support that um, because it's the most baseline human dignity we can provide to kids around the world. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that, that goal that you have. So um, how, how does that happen? How, what's next for, for you and how does that goal of getting soap in all of those millions of, of school children's hands, how does that happen? We can't, uh, we can't uh, serve all those kids and those needs um, and new children are being, uh, are being born every single day. However, our runway is quite scalable and it's quite large. And I'm motivated by the waste primarily. Um, so I mentioned at the, at the start, um, there's about 250 million bars of soap being wasted every single year. If Eco Soap Bank can scale to rescue and recycle that volume of soap, we would be able to serve about 100 million children every single year. Okay, so that's our runway. That's our goal as a small organization that hopefully can, can achieve scale. Uh, how, but at the very least, we also want to advocate and stand for more things that interventions in health does not need to be destructive to the environment. Um, not, not all healthcare in, uh, initiatives can do that, but we want to stand on the side of the environment. And lastly, we would like to employ women and not machines. And so let us, let us be a, an example of one of the world's most responsible healthcare interventions imaginable. That, um, that sounds great. So in order to do all of that, um, what, what's, the, what's the catalyst that you're missing? Is it more money in order? It sounds like you have the runway built. Um, how do we get you there? It's, it's twofold. Uh, number one, global participation from every soap company, brand, factory around the world to acknowledge waste streams, um, but also uh, partner with us in order to do something about it. And secondly, it, it's financing all the way from global actors, all the way down to individual donors. Uh, you're, a, you're a nonprofit geek, if I may. Um, uh, most of our funding comes from individual donors who donate monthly. We call it a sustainability circle. Um, and they power our work because it's not disaster relief. It's ongoing supply of soap for children in schools. This is not a one-time vaccination project. It's an ongoing intervention meant to transform lives. Yeah. So uh, let's say that someone uh, either works at a, a soap company um, or is involved in the supply chain for soap. How would they reach you? What would be the right way to, to get in touch? Of course. Um, so 
Uh, we would do it by carrier pigeon. If they could drop off a bar of soap, that's perfect. No, um, go to our website, uh, ecosoapbank.org, uh, ecosoapbank.org. Maybe we can put in the caption um, and just reach out. Uh, we'll, we'll be in touch um, very promptly. Um, and it's it's really is quite turnkey. We understand the factory stakeholder quite well and also pain points. That sounds great. And I imagine that's the right place for individuals to go to, to learn more about your work, to subscribe to your, your channels, to, to follow you and your journey, uh, hopefully to, to give as well uh, a monthly sustainer gift. Yeah, if they, if they can, of course. And a point of personal privilege, uh, again, I'm sorry, uh, how, how much, how much in funding would it take to provide a child with soap during a school year, along with hygiene education, one child? Anywhere in the world or average? And anywhere and, and average. And again, uh, keep in mind, we, we have achieved economies of scale at this point. All right. I'm going to say uh, $20 would be my guess. About 20 cents. Wow. Cost us 20 cents to recycle and redistribute soap to a partner school for a child for an entire year. Um, and that really is a testament to the volume of waste there is um, and, and how we can get it out the door into, into the hands of, of kids that need it. I, as, as a nonprofit geek, as you called me, I love the fact that you can measure so granularly um, the impact of a donation. Um, and of course, that you've achieved economies of scale that allow you to, to do so much with uh, a small amount of money. So um, sign me up. I know what I'm doing when, I, when we get off of this podcast here, uh, ecosoapbank.org. And uh, I look forward to continuing to, to follow your journey, Samir. Eric, thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for your work too. It must also be stated. You, you're very welcome. This is a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for joining us today and for, for sharing and uh, for, for all that you're doing uh, to, to take what you saw as a problem and, and turn it into a fantastic solution. As you said, um, that's really what this podcast is about. We uh, truly believe that change belongs to everybody. We always tell people, don't wait for someone else that you think is more powerful than you to do something about it. Do it yourself, because if not us, then who? And if not now, then when? So thanks for, for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.